Amen. So the, the title of this message tonight is Take God at His Word. And I'd just like to read a portion of scripture from Malachi which says, For I am the Lord, I change not. The name of God is El Shaddai. And as I was putting this message together, I began with a rather different thought to the one presented here tonight. But because as I was praying, this song came very strongly to my thoughts. I know it's an old song. In fact, it's a very old song. When I was born again of the water and of the spirit in 1982, this song was very popular at that time. And since those days, I haven't heard much of this song. But although I loved the song at that time, perhaps I was too new in the truth to have a deep appreciation for the profound words used as I do today. And when I found it on YouTube and listened to it, I began to cry and cry and cry. Crying seemed to be the only way I could deeply express my appreciation for the greatness of God, for his wonderful goodness, for my longing to worship him and my love for him, my hunger and my thirsting for him and my strong desire and longing to live for him and to serve him and to please him. Hallelujah. The tune and the words of the song are so beautiful. And as I said before, our, our brothers and sisters have sung really beautifully tonight. The words of the song begin with Abraham, the beginning of the Jewish nation, and they end with Jesus Christ, Messiah, the culmination of salvation for all of mankind. The words say, age to age you're still the same by the power of the name. From age to age you can completely and entirely depend upon God. You can depend on his almighty power, on his all-sufficiency, that he is the most high, that he sees us, that we can make requests to him, that we can confess our love for him to him and praise him. We are always assured in everything and anything that God is there. But it is important that we always realize God is sovereign and that his ways and his thoughts are much higher than ours that he is past finding out, and the final decision belongs to him. It is also important that we realize that we need to wait upon him. Age to age, you're still the same by the power of the name. To Mary, as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And of Mary in the, gospel, in the gospel of Matthew, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And finally to Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. The name of Christ the Messiah was specifically given to Mary by an angel. The name of Christ Messiah was specifically given to Joseph by an angel. 
And God puts a telescope before the eyes of the prophet and lets him look far ahead into the future. And he gave Isaiah the name. There is absolute certainty that God gave our Savior his name. Their power in the name. The Apostle Paul understood the power of the name and he wrote, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And as for the fulfillment of our Savior, the Lord, Adonai himself, will do this miracle. And in so doing, it would be a demonstration to the people that he is the only true God, that the sign should be such as God alone could give. It would be a demonstration of his interests and care for the people. It would be an event which could be known only to God, And as it refers to the miraculous conception and the birth of the Messiah, it would be an event which no one but God could accomplish. And how did God accomplish God with us in the name? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The early church never had an issue about the oneness of God. That God was manifest in the flesh was without controversy, and it was plainly accepted by all, and of this, of course, is the fulfillment of the Savior whom the Old Testament prophets had prophesied. Continuing with the words of the song, age to age you're still the same, by the power of the name, the names and titles of God given in this song are as clearly as possible translated from the original languages. El Shaddai means God Almighty and the All-Sufficient One. One reference to this is found in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk there, sorry, walk before me and be thou perfect. Ilion Adonai means God most high, O Lord, and please, Lord. And this is first found in Genesis chapter 14 and 18. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. Ekakama Adonai means, I will love you, Lord, and it appears in Psalm 18, verse 1. This is the only place in the Bible that this particular usage of this phrase appears. This psalm is a thanksgiving for deliverance by God. It is a psalm of David who spoke unto the Lord in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he wrote, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. In Genesis chapter 12, we read of Abraham's call and God's promises to him. This call is the origin of the Jewish nation right up to the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ today. 
Abraham was 75 when God called him. The call was to a land that God would show him, and God made promises to him. In the main, there were three distinct elements to the promise, promises. There's a land promise, a land promise, and that says, a land that I will show you. In Stephen's speech before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7, he covers many different aspects of Israel's history, commencing with Abraham's calling to the land that God would show him to this land wherein all those hearing Stephen's message now dwelt. There was a national promise. God promised Abraham a great nation. God formed a great nation from the descendants of Abraham, which began with Isaac. If ye are Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed, Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. There was a spiritual promise All the families in the earth shall be blessed. And in Peter's sermon at Solomon's porch, to the men of Israel, he said, Ye are the children of the prophets, and the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. We know that Abraham departed from Ur of the Chaldees as the Lord had spoken to him. And he was accompanied by Sarai, his wife, and his, lot, and his nephew, Lot. Many events took place during his journey. He sojourned in Egypt for a time during a famine. He traveled to Bethel where he and Lot parted, and Lot went to Sodom. Later, Lot found himself caught in the middle of a power struggle between the king of Sodom and an alliance of three opposing kings. Abraham led a band of armed men to rescue Lot from the kings who had captured Lot. Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, and at this time he met up with Melchizedek, king of Salem. This is the first time Eliana Adonai, which means God Most High, O Lord and Please Lord, is found in the Bible. That's Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 to 20. The next event to mention is that childless Sarai gave her handmaid to Abraham in order to fulfill the promises of God. God had told Abraham that this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. In distress, Hagar fled from Sarai, probably attempting to go back to Egypt. She was found by an angel at a fountain of water in the wilderness. The angel told her to go back to Sarai and submit herself. The angel also told her that her seed would be multiplied exceedingly, which could not be numbered for multitude. He told her that she was with child, and the child that she was to bear would be called Ishmael. In the song, the words refer to the outcast on her knees. This outcast was Hagar, and she called the name of the Lord that spoke unto her. Thou God seest, for she seeth, sorry, for she seeth, have I also looked after him that seeth me. And the section of the scripture fulfilling that her being on her knees would be, have I also looked after him that seeth me. It would indicate that she was praying and she was seeking God in her need right there. 
she called God Elroy, which means God who sees. If my pronunciations are wrong, you'll have to forgive me. And this brings us to Genesis chapter 17. After 24 years from Genesis 12, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And here for the last time, as far as I know, God refers to himself as the almighty God. God makes a covenant with Abraham around the promises of Genesis chapter 12. There are conditions to be fulfilled by Abraham to seal the covenant. Earlier I spoke of the evidence of the fulfillment of these promises declared in the New Testament. And we read all of, if we read all of the foregoing, it is clear to see that we can stand on the promises of God. We can safely take God at his word. This does not mean that we put the Bible on the floor and merely stand on it. That's not standing on the promises of God. Amen. It's a demonstration of standing on the promises of God. But that's not what I mean. In fact, I know somebody who did that. They took the Bible and they stood on it and they declared that they were standing on the promises of God. But the word of God and the promises of God are only our foundation. And I don't mean only. They are our foundation. And in order for the promises to be fulfilled in our lives, we need to build on the promises of God. We don't just put the Bible down and put our foot on it and say, I'm standing on the promises of God. It's up to us to build upon those promises. Daily, we need to build upon the promises of God. And because he's God and because he makes a promise and he never fails, every promise will be fulfilled according to how he has made that promise. And we can stand on that. We can take God at his word. We can depend upon that. It will take place. If God has said it will take place. Someone else I know placed a Bible open at a scripture of their choice in the foundations of a house that they were building. This microphone's making a terrible noise and it's distracting. I hope it's not affecting you all out there. They put the Bible in the foundations of the home that they were building. The whole intention was that they were going to build their lives on the promises of God. They loved God. They lived for God, they served God, and they wanted to symbolically put the Bible in the foundations to show that this is our foundation. We are standing on the promises of God, and God is going to bless our lives. But they needed to build upon those promises. When the foundations was closed, when the house was built, when they moved in and they took occupation, it was time to build upon what they had opened and placed in the foundation. It was time to take God at his word. It was time to build upon what God said. And it's easy enough to put a, a Bible in your foundation. But daily we need to continue taking God as his word. Daily we need to live for him. Daily we need to give him thanks. Daily we need to give him worship. Daily we need to acknowledge that he's God almighty. That he's God he sees. That he's all our sufficiency. That he knows what our needs are. He's the one that can supply. We can let each other down. We can continuously let each other down. But God will never let us down. He never will let us down. 
down. You may be assured God will never let us down. He's not always going to do things the way we want them done. He's not always going to say things the way we want them said. But he will never let us down. He will never fail. He will fulfill his word. He will fulfill his promises. And he's going to take us to be with him in eternity. As long as we build upon his word. As we build upon his promises. As we take God at his word. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's a chorus that says, Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. The promises of God are sure and steadfast and have much more to say about God. Uh, sorry, about who God is or how He is sanctifying us than about a specific circumstance in our life or the outcome of that circumstance. We are not promised certainty in our circumstances, but we are promised certainty in the God of our circumstances, and that is an anchor for our soul. There is a difference between a promise and a covenant, although it is often considered that a covenant and a promise are synonymous. A covenant can be defined as a formal agreement between two or more parties where they agree to do or not to do something. There are many times that covenants are made in the Word of God, and a covenant in the Bible refers to the promises made by God to humanity and always to benefit humanity. A promise differs, however, in that it is an assurance that one will do something for another and there will eventuate a fulfillment of that promise. In a promise, an active role is undertaken by one party being the person making the promise while the other party remains passive and will receive the fulfillment of that promise. For unto us a child is born, Unto us the Son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I know this is a word of prophecy, but it is a promise to be fulfilled. That is a promise given by God. Without any contribution by man, man didn't do anything to to go along with that promise, to have a condition about it. It's God's promise, and it will be fulfilled. Amen. God will ensure that his promises are fulfilled. Promises that contain an if or a proviso of sorts require some form of obedience before we can expect them to come to pass. This would be a conditional promise. And if we want to claim such a promise, we had better be ready to act in obedience to what is required. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. 
if they turn from their wicked ways. We can't expect God to just forgive us and, and heal our land without turning away from our wicked ways and coming to Him. Hallelujah! And this is an if promise which sounds completely different to behold. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. This is a personal promise to Mary without an if attached to it. Not many things are more comforting than a promise that's made and kept. And not many things are more hurtful than a promise that is broken. Knowing we worship a God who keeps his promises is a source of deep joy and comfort to us. But it is possible for us to misapply his promises personally. The book of Proverbs is full of principles. But they're not all promises. You can't take a principle and say it's a promise. For our personal needs and situations, we should be careful not to choose promises selectively. Overlook the context and conditions and then apply the promise to our personal situations. Neither can we overlook the obedience aspect required in conjunction with a promise. For example... And we know that all things work together for good. We cannot stop there. That's only a portion of the scripture. Oh, I like the Bible says, we know that all things work together for good. That's a promise from God. It's working for me. We know that all things work together for good. But we can't stop there. We need to take the scripture in its entirety. And we can say, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, Are you the called according to his purpose? Amen. Do you love God? Amen. Then you can know that all things will work together for good to them that love God. Hallelujah. By the power of his name. Hallelujah. And God's word tells us with perfect clarity that all the promises of God in him are yea and in him. Amen. Unto the glory of God by us. We are instructed in James, instructed in James chapter 5 and 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I'd like to testify this morning that Brother Smokey prayed for me. I was not feeling at all well this morning. Amen. And I would say that after that prayer, I'm 100% better than I was this morning. I'd give God the glory. And he's not there to hear, but I thank him for that prayer. And he put the oil and he made the word of God as it is written. I would like to quote from the Home Missions newsletter, The Fulfillment of God's Promises. Sister Sala Saru, Home Missionary, writes, I was enjoying the afternoon sunshine and fresh air blowing across the open field, sitting outside the church and thinking on the Lord. A man parked his car at the gate of the church and came to where I was sitting. He introduced himself and said, There is a very sick woman lying at home, 
and she sent me for you to please come and pray for her. I replied, yes, I will come. And I went home to get my bottle of oil for prayer and my Bible. I spoke to God of where I was going and asked for him to lead me and take me there and to take care of the situation in that house. I stood at the door and said, I'm leaving this house and I'm going to the sick woman's house in Jesus' name. I can't do it on my own. I need you. I arrived at the woman's house. Her name was Sarah White. And her daughter took me to the corner of their three-bedroomed house where her mother lay on a mattress on the floor on a concrete, on, on a concrete veranda with a couple of blankets over her and the sun slightly shining on her to keep her skinny, bony body warm. Her 89-year-old mother was lying beside her, trying to comfort her and pray for her dying daughter. She had had an operation last year, and her body was deteriorating, eyes drawn in, dehydrated, losing her hair, and lost her appetite. I sat beside her, and before I prayed for her, I asked if she would like me to read to her a scripture, and she, without strength, softly replied, Yes. So I read to her John chapter 5, verses 1 to 8, which refers to the healing at the pool of Bethesda. I prayed along with her mother and daughter. After I prayed, I told her, you can help me, Brother Smokey, Wapira, which means God. Is that correct? Wapira. God is here today to raise you up from your sick bed and walk and fill you with the Holy Ghost. She believed the word of God that was read to her. In Romans chapter 10 and 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God is faithful, and Sarah, who was sick for 24 years, could not walk on her own. Not sure if she's going to live or die. We watched this kind, loving, merciful, forgiving God put, out, put strength into Sarah's body. She got up from that old-looking mattress she was lying on, her daughter held her hands to help her get up and sat on a chair next to me with tears fl flowing down her tired, weary, skinny face. And she lifted up her hands as far as her shoulders, thanking God and asking him to forgive her. I asked Sarah if she had received the Holy Ghost when she was baptized. She said no. And I asked her, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? And she said yes. I said to the Lord, Fill Sarah with the Holy Ghost, and he did. She started to speak in tongues softly, with tears of joy flowing down her face. God has put a smile in Sarah's heart that manifested on her face. She said, Sister Sala, I didn't smile for a long time. I said to her, God wants you to smile again. He loves you. I asked her, would you like to take a walk around your house? And she nodded. As she stood up and started to walk she, walked, she walked around the house. Then she walked to church the next Sunday for the afternoon service with her mother from her house. And oh, what a joy it was to see Sarah in church worshiping God. I visit her and pray for her, sharing God's word. This is a fulfillment of God's promise. If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Amen. And this is exactly what happened. God fulfilled his promise and healed that dying woman to the place that she could get up and work, walk and go to church.
ending off my message, I'm going back to the words of the song. They tell us of God's love and his divine promise. Thank you, Daniel. Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. Through the power of your hand, you turned the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees, you were the God who really sees. And by your might, you set your children free. Through the years, you've made it clear that the time of Christ was near. Though the people couldn't see what Messiah ought to be. Though your word contained the plan, they just could not understand. Your most awesome work was done through the frailty of your son. From the call of Abraham to Jesus, from the beginning right to the end, age to age, you're still the same by the power of your name. You can take God at his word and you can stand upon his word. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen.